You're listening to the Stealth Skills Podcast with me, Maddie Stutchbury. This episode features the illustrator Alexis Winter. I've been a fan of Alexis's work for a few years now. Alexis was incredibly witty, passionate, kind and energetic. Her pun game was on point, and it was a pleasure having her in the studio. We discussed everything from decapitated praying mantises, refugees, and Play-Doh golden retrievers. Yeah, it got pretty weird. You're listening to the Stealth Skills Podcast with Maddie Stutchbury. And the guest for today's episode, well, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Alexis Winter, and I am an artist from Melbourne, but I sort of dabble in many different things. So I know of you, I first sort of encountered you via like your Instagram and your Tumblr and your amazing illustrations, but what else is it that you do? Uh, so I, I have a, oh, so many things. Yeah. So uh, I finished up uni a couple of years ago doing my master's of communication design, and I also work in disability so for a little while I was teaching art to someone with disabilities and then I was also involved in this weekend program where there's like a group of maybe 15 of us and we just go out on adventures. So I take people to like water parks, uh, the movies, bowling, uh, oh we went to a dinosaur park and everything. Oh my god. So I do that as well and then I'm back at uni again because I just love higher education <laughs> and I'm studying to become a teacher. So I just finished a five-week placement for teaching rounds as well. That makes a lot of sense considering what you said, you know, that you do for a job as well, like combining the two. Are you going to spe- like, spe- like specialise in being an art teacher? or Yes, so I'm going to be a visual arts teacher. So oh, it'll that's be amazing. graphics, studio arts, art... Uh, I think it would work if I can do a special little course that gives me the qualifications. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I love women in woodworking. Well, I'm always under the assumption I can do it. And I remember recently I tried to build this thing out of wood. And I was like, Dad, where are the drills? I just need to use them. And so I got them out. And then halfway through, I was like, I probably should have read some instructions or asked for <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. I had no idea what I was doing. It was terrible. But you tried. And that's yes. the main thing. I did try. Yeah. Um, let's backpedal a little bit. When? Did, how did you first get started in, in the arts as such? Everyone's got a story of like their, their dad playing played the guitar so then they did or they've always just been into illustrating what's your story um well I have this uh the first memory I have of making something was probably in I think it was either preschool or grade one and we had this competition at our school and it was to build an animal out of play-doh so you could pick any animal you wanted it was run through the library and I was like I'm gonna do a dog because we had a golden retriever at the time so I went home and I got my yellow Play-Doh out and I was like, okay, I'm going to make this beautiful dog Amelia. So I grabbed my hand in to pick up the Play-Doh and I got a big like chunk of it and I slapped it down on like whatever table I was working on. And when I looked down at it, in the folds that I had created from <laughs> slapping it on the ground was the perfect detailed dog face. And I was like, oh my God, it's beautiful. So I like submitted it into the competition as it was because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need to touch it. Like you can't. It's very dolly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, everyone's going to see this and be like, she's brilliant. So I like, entered it and I walked off, you know, and I came back to see who had won and I was expecting like a big first place ribbon yeah. or my thing. And I walked up and I saw it on my friends instead <gasps> of her two green turtles. <laughs> but This is a really tragic story. Yes. But the positive of this was as a kid, I remember looking at that and I wasn't like, oh no, I didn't win. I was honestly, and thinking of this like as an adult now looking back, I'm so proud of myself. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, fools. 
They don't get it. That's These amazing. These people just don't get it. Did they not see my entry? You were, like, operating on another level. Yeah, I was just like, ugh. Oh, God. Anyway. So, no, that was, like, for me, that was probably, like, the catalyst that started it all. Or, like, even in, a, yeah, as an adult looking back, I look back at that and go, oh, I'm so happy that I wasn't, like, oh, no, I didn't win because they didn't get what I was doing. So... Mm. That is probably where it all started. A Play-Doh dog that, in hindsight, would have just been a clump of An yellow Play-Doh. An existential Play-Doh dog. <laughs> I love that. And they would have just been like, oh, poor Alexis. <laughs> Did you place it all or they just no, they no bypassed place. it? No place. Yeah. Man, they just totally didn't get your talent. No, they didn't. That's really upsetting me. <laughs> the, the good thing is I was just like, ugh, fools. That's so good. I just love that like little version of you just took it in a stride and was like, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and good. so fast forward all this time now and you... So you're you're teaching, you're studying, and you your medium is mostly illustration. Is yeah. that right? Did you sort of was that self taught or was that then like honed in tertiary education uh, or a bit probably, of both? Probably a bit of both. Um, with the illustration itself, more self taught, but it definitely expanded when I was doing the communication design. Yeah, um, and mainly not so much like the technical skill of illustration, but just things to consider like composition, storytelling, um, how you can make yeah keep it simple but also express great kind of like narrative Mm. so more of the conceptual stuff probably came at uni and then the technical things just came from heaps and heaps of practice yeah Yeah. just drawing as you go along and yeah yeah definitely One thing I like about um, your illustrations, they're really sort of whimsical and like botanical. And you've been doing this thing on Instagram um, where, oh, you'll have to clarify it for me, but you pick a friend or a prominent person in your life oh, and you yeah. sort of celebrate them in an illustration. And I love that because like whatever it is that they they do, like whatever their job or their passion is, you manage to integrate it into the illustration in such a great clever way oh thank you what's that called again like uh, it's my things my friends do project so it basically came about i think it was two years ago now i was i set myself a birthday task and it was this is like before the things my friends do project and it was i did a self-portrait every week for one year and it was mainly because i had sort of been drawing all of these people and sometimes they would look like me and people would be like oh do you realize you're drawing like yourself and i was like oh god so then i set about actually examining myself in a whole year of my life in like it was set up so that I had one illustration of myself, like a portrait, and then another illustration that was going to be like a text kind of based typography piece or something that would be an accompaniment to it so that eventually I could turn it into a book, which never happened. <laughs> it could still um, happen. It could still happen. Yeah. Uh, so that was mainly to examine myself visually. And then on my 26th birthday, I think, no, on my 25th birthday, so I set about it on my 24th birthday, and on my 25th birthday I could look back and see the whole year of my life, but just through visuals mm. and see if it would convey the same kind of things that happened. And it reminded me of a lot of stuff that sort of I would have completely forgotten about, like little insignificant things that you go, oh, this week that's a big deal for me, and then you draw about it, and then you just forget about it. Mm. And then when you look at it again, you're like, oh, yeah. That's amazing. I did do that market and think of that great part. Cool. <laughs> I love that. It's like almost like a like a, literally a visual diary. Like yeah. it's a visual account of what was happening in your life at that time. And how did it feel looking back at the end of the year you know. It was amazing. Like I felt a lot of pride because it took a lot to actually get one portrait of myself done every week. Because um, it is a bit confronting to draw yourself as well. Because you go, oh no, I'm going to show people. What if they're like, oh, she's drawn herself too hot, or she's yeah, like, oh, no, that's I, I wonder really that all I the time. <laughs> yeah, you like get really paranoid. And but after a while, I sort of just let go of those inhibitions and just focused more on like the idea I was trying to express each week, yeah. rather than if it was exactly like me or not. 
But then from that, when that finished up, I was like, oh, I feel empty inside. I need to start another project. So I started the Things My Friends Do project. Mm. And mainly just so I could also show off all my friends because they're incredibly talented. And so I could keep building up that portraiture skill. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And I love that it's very self-starting. Do you think that working... So you're working freelancers as an illustrator now? Or you, yeah. You, yeah. So I sort of can only take on limited stuff, though, just because of, study. Like, going to uni again has taken up. I kind of underestimated how much time it would really take up, especially starting a new course mm. that's different than what I've done in the past. So I've had to, yeah, say no a lot, unfortunately. But I guess yeah. it's kind of like, that's isn't that where you want to be? Like <laughs> having to say, oh, I'd love to, but I actually can't right now. Yeah. That's kind of hard, though, a bit of a contradiction. Sometimes it's like it's very flattering and you get to be like, look, I really love that idea, but unfortunately I don't have time. Yeah. Especially when throughout my whole undergrad and even the masters, they were always like, don't turn down any jobs. I think so that you're like, you're only of, human. You can yeah. do so much. Yes. <laughs> what do they want from you? Exactly. Everything. I'm not Superman. <laughs> okay. Uh, so with that whole like, you know, self-starting your own projects, do you think that is really vital as a freelancer? Like, do you think that taking the initiative to do things yourself, planning your time. Like, what's what's the reality of illustrating for yourself and for other people? To be honest, most of the freelance jobs I've been offered have come about from people who have seen my own sort of initiated projects. So, like, one of the big ones I did was this letter that was open me had a shitty day. And so it was like... Oh, I saw yeah. that. It was such a great concept. So we had this, like, it's got... I still, like, have them, and there's a secret letter inside so that if anyone's having a shitty day, they can have it there, almost, like, waiting for them. And if they have a shitty day, they can open it and be reassured. So they don't always need someone around them to give them a hug, and maybe their roommate's out or their girlfriend's, you know, on a trip to Queensland so they can't get like the cuddle they need so it's like a verbal cuddle and it's a bit of a humorous letter as well but it also is sentimental so it's supposed to cheer someone up and it was through that that I think that got published on like Frankie Magazine's uh, like website blog thing Mm. and through that I started getting stuff so that wasn't anything that someone asked me to do but it was mainly just the concept that people liked so then they started approaching me about stuff and then I'm trying to think of some other ones um, even like these, I was going to ask about that. So it's um, the listener can't see this, but it's a badge that says "Real Australians Say can Welcome." You see this, guys? Yeah, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> um, and it's on a little, it's a pin, like a lapel pin on a on a Vegemite jar. Which so you've taken that idea of the hashtag and and the social media campaign of real Real Australians yeah, Say Welcome. That Peter Drew started. So he started this campaign. It was to sort of change people's ideas and perceptions of asylum seekers and immigrants Mm. and he was posting all of these like real australians say welcome screen printed posters all around melbourne and then he and lucy from the design files sort of put a shout out to artists to create an image that could also be like artist's interpretation of it so i did the illustration of the vegemite with real australians say welcome Mm. as like the branding and then i got a fair bit of attention from that and then i sort of spoke to peter drew and just said i'm sort of going to be turning these into brooches if that's okay with you because I saw that he had released the copyright of the saying oh okay so anyone so he was use sort of, it yeah because he was saying that a lot of people were contacting him too being like I want a tote bag of it and I want a t-shirt but he, yeah. couldn't, he couldn't do it either so he was sort of putting it out for the people that had created these illustrations if they wanted to take it further that's they could that's so selfless of him in that yeah. way yeah like that's yeah. a huge he could easily have said no he's a decent guy what a yeah. great guy yeah, props awesome. to him <laughs> um, but so I sort of thought oh I'll do these brooches because like people love wearing pins and especially at the moment it's such a topic of discussion definitely so I feel people feel like they can't do very much so if they can at least wear this they feel like they can be involved and they can show their opinion on it that's a really great idea I love that merging of this is where I think it's important that um, like art is not just about something that looks pretty and that you go to a gallery and see like this Mm. is a real fusion of like art can be a way to like get your point across to be politically active um, to make a comment on the current state of things and I think you've absolutely nailed it (laughs) 
I want to circle back to that idea of, you know, self-starting your own projects and um, making things just for yourself. To get started in any sort of artistic field, do you think that is important then to be doing stuff for for yourself, just for your own portfolio of work and not necessarily waiting to be, you know, commissioned or, or paid for things? Oh, I guess it depends on the motivation. So I would say that I'm like an artist first and perhaps an illustrator second because a lot of the time I'm like, but I want to do my own stuff. So um, it depends on if you, I guess, yeah, your motivation. So maybe it's not always the most necessary, it's not maybe not necessary for everybody to need to do their own stuff. Some people probably thrive on just doing jobs and Mm. being able to help a client and feel a brief and have a great outcome for a client. But some people, yeah, definitely need to be doing their own stuff. Um, And I think for some people who perhaps say are more inclined to the artistic side, not that it's not artistic, but you know what I mean, Mm. uh, then they really do need to work on their own projects too, to just keep that sort of like almost ownership of their skills. So it's not just about doing it for other people and helping I don't know, brands and companies, it's also then they can ho- hold ownership of their own illustrative or artistic yeah. like talents. And yeah. keep their own style as well. I think yeah. if you spend a lot of time just focusing to on a brief, mm. then you do sort of lose your own touch, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But in like getting started, like was there a point where at some point you had to commit to the idea of I'm not just going to be doing this for a hobby, I want to be... I want to be illustrating or drawing and, and being artistic every day if I can and, and live that lifestyle? Or did it just sort of creep up on you naturally? Uh, it sort of just happened, I think. It was one of those, you know those people who are like, I didn't mean to be an actor. Yeah. <laughs> Someone came up to me in a fish and chip shop and said I was very dramatic. Yeah. I think, like, I never really thought about it. It just sort of progressed over time. I was honestly dead set. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a designer. And that's why I was at uni so long, studying design. And now I want to be a teacher. So... I'm also just trying to be as flexible as I can and not make myself pick any area and just be like, look, I'll just follow what's making me happy at the moment and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. I think that's a really good like mindset to have. I used to be really down for like, nope, I'm going to be doing this and I'm only going to be doing it for this. But now I'm just, okay, that doesn't work for me. I need to just be a little bit more open-minded. Yeah. I th- and I yeah. think also just with like the, until you really, I don't know, make it, I'm using air quotations here. There are air quotes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> until you like, you get to that level where you can sustain yourself purely from whatever medium you want to work in. Like the reality of it, of it is that so many, you know, artists, musicians, creative people have to be working the part-time job or have to have some other means to an end until they get to the point that they want to. So, yeah. but like do you feel do you think that your day job as such becoming the teaching is that a is that a way for you to integrate both of those parts of your life together? Yeah, cuz I think deep down I didn't really want to be after I did start doing more freelance illustration. I didn't really want to be doing that sort of stuff every day. Mm. And I really loved the work I was doing in disability as well and getting to share stuff with um, people and seeing people grow and encouraging people that they can do it as well. So even on my rounds recently when I was doing teaching placement, it was the most rewarding experience. And I'd be very happy doing that like every day for, I don't know, as long as I can sustain it. And doing, I was drawing my own art in the evenings and making funny like pun drawings. And I love your pun drawings, by the way. (laughs) Some people are like, ugh. Oh, God, no, pun, I am the biggest advocate of puns. They're just yes. yes the, I did once an entire radio show about puns. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I might have to do it again now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but I think yeah. So I'm I'm very happy having two different even areas and teaching and then freelancing or freelancing and teaching or whatever. I'm just really happy to be doing both. Yeah, because I think that I didn't really find it to be. And this is not to say that I don't appreciate it at all. But I I guess I was just like thinking that. 
I'd feel completely complete if I did design or if I did illustration on its own. Mm. And I think that what I didn't really probably realise in myself was that I really need this, like, interaction with people and I really like assisting and helping and encouraging people. Mm. So I really needed to foster that in another way as well, which is why I think I like teaching so much. And I think yeah. also because if you are going to be full freelance, like, that can get really insular. Like, you have to yes. be super disciplined. Yeah. You have to set your own schedule and you have to be, like, you lock yourself away until you get something done. So some people definitely thrive in that, but then I guess others do need that, you know, interaction with other people and need yeah. to be a bit more tangible with it. can it. be very lonely. Like, I noticed that I was doing a really big job at the beginning of the year and, yeah, you just didn't buy yourself in your studio space yeah. until it's done kind of in the dark. I like working in like a dimly lit room with like a spotlight on my work. So I just stay focused. <laughs> yeah, just focus on that. To other people, that would probably be quite depressing. <laughs> no, but that's it. But other people would find like the instability of like being freelance mm. depressing. So, you know, yeah. it takes all sorts to make yes, the world go around. Do you want to tell us a little bit about some landmark moments in your artistic career? Because I noticed... Correct oh, me if I'm wrong. Even think of it yeah, anymore. well, you've done the Finders Keepers Market. Was that right? It was Supergraph. Supergraph. Yep. Yes, because was it the first Supergraph? Yeah, I did. The, I did the first. Supergraph. You were at the first Supergraph because they <laughs> just this year had their second one, yep. and it gets bigger and better. I was there too. Were you? Yes, I, I didn't was. see you there this because I love. I, I was up the back. It's so good though. Like, like I love that the Supergraph. Um, what do you call it? Not festival event yeah <laughs> it's that really good like it's that beautiful like hinterland between like traditional art and then like hardcore mm. graphic design like it's all the mediums in between um was it a success for you like did you enjoy being at both of them yeah no that was, it was a really lovely experience and the main thing I really get out of those sorts of things is talking to people that actually come up and chat to me about my art and then you see new dimensions in them that you hadn't even anticipated like I can't even think of an example but people will go up and see a drawing that you've done and be like oh that reminds me of this and I'm just like what I never even anticipated that that would be an interpretation of that work so it's really cool to get to chat to people and see how they interpret your things and if they like them or if they don't. Yeah. Like one woman, um, it was when I was I was selling the Open Me If You Had a Shitty Day letters for $2.50 and um, she came up and she was like really smug and she was like, oh, Open Me If You've Had a Shitty Day and $2.50. And I was like, well, that was the running title, but it didn't really fit on the whole page, <laughs> so we had to trim it down. And she was just like well played and walked off. Yeah, good on you. Like, ah. <laughs> what a bitter lady. But there are some people like that too. But I kind of, uh, it sounds really sadistic, but I'm a Always, like if people are really rude or I just try and be like really nice and funny mm. back to them and then they feel really uncomfortable or you just smile at them and they're like <laughs> what else has gone that's amazing yeah um, kill them with kindness kill them with kindness mm-hmm. do you find it like are you surprised by like how far your work reaches like people coming up to you saying oh I saw your work you know on so and so's website or do you know what I mean like it yeah, must just crazy. travel I was the probably, you know, when you're saying like landmark moments, I haven't really, I don't know, I'd, maybe I don't need, I don't really appreciate them enough. But one big one for me was I was out at a bar. It was Naked for Satan, I think. Oh, that's a great bar. It was awesome. And I was at the bar and someone came up to me and they actually said, are you Alexis Winter? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe. I was like, yeah, like, did I drop something? And she's like, no, 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 I know your drawings. And I was like, that was amazing. Mm. I was kind of like blown away at that. It was a massive compliment. And but that that's probably a standout for me. Being recognized yeah. at a bar. Someone going, cool. Oh my god, I love your illustrations. Mm. I think it's so good that um I don't know if it's because of like Instagram and Tumblr 
but you can have like the like an artist these days can have that more they can have more of a face and more of a presence alongside their work yeah definitely and and people can like celebrate it a little bit more rather than being um rather than the artist being like really separated from it and being really sort of enigmatic yes yeah yeah i'm a bit of an open book i love that though instagrammy yeah yeah but like i'm like how else are you going to like you can I've had this discussion so many times but like how like you can make your work and that's fine and if you want to keep it to yourself that's fine mm. but if not there's all these mediums that are at your disposal for free that are great platforms to get your work seen and have discussion with people and have people get in contact with you yeah. so I think it's a bit um, detrimental if you don't put yourself out there a little bit. Especially if, like, with my sort of stuff, I really like combining narrative and image, you may have noticed. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I think Instagram's an awesome tool because I get to, like, post the illustration I've done and then add any, like, narrative or written work be- beneath it so it can be seen at the same time. Mm. But I guess for some people, maybe that an enigmatic side of it is more appropriate for them so they don't post their face or they never reveal themselves. Mm. And that does create this, like, buzz around them too that could be appropriate for their work. But for me, I'm just sort of, like, just being myself. Yeah. In visual and written form. I think it's like, I'm too like, like, I don't know what the word is, up myself <laughs> to like be enigmatic in that way. It's like, I want people to know I did the thing. Yeah. I want them to be like, yeah, that chick did it. You I know. thought I kept saying, this is kind of back onto teacher rounds, sorry. But all these kids were like, oh, I don't know what to put in my folio. And I was like, if you've done all this work, you need to like show that you've done it. You need to own it. Like if yeah. you've done all this hard work, own it. So I guess it's the same for some artists as well. Yeah. You need to own it. You totally need to mm. own it. I think like, because otherwise, why are you making it? Yeah, unless you're coy by nature, don't pretend to yeah, be coy. Like don't, if you're going to be introvert, that's fine. Just be your authentic self. But, yeah. <laughs> but get it out there. <laughs> I love life lessons via Instagram. So before we wrap up, the last, sorry, the next 12 months for you in store, what's happening? What do you want to be achieving or have you got no plan? <laughs> um, I'm sort of trying to wing it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've been applying for teaching jobs and I'll probably take on a few illustration things as well. Uh, but ideally, I'd love to get a full-time teaching job and then be able to do freelance where time appropriate yeah, on the side. definitely. And just work on my own stuff as well. Uh, I've got heaps of funny little projects that I've got coming up and sort of like slowly forming out. For example, I was watching A Praying Mantis the other day. You were what? <laughs> I was watching A Praying Mantis and yep. I was like, oh, beautiful. So I got my um, my phone out and I started filming it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, amazing. Like, imagine if this was like a male praying mantis. And you know how like the female praying mantis like decapitate the male after sex? Yes. So I thought, oh my God, imagine if this is like the only male praying mantis that's ever gotten away. And then I oh thought, my God, oh, you I could do a series called The Ones That Got Away. Because you know how it's usually an affectionate term, like, oh, the ones that got away. Yeah. But this one, it's like, the ones that got away. Like survival guide. Yeah. So it's like all of these, like, no longer virgin male praying mantises that are, like, their whole use has been, like, completely, that you know, they've already done the deed. Yeah. That's their lot in life. And now they're like, what do we do? Yeah. I've still got my head. Mm. What am I? That's amazing. So that's, like, this thing I'm trying to work out what I'm supposed to do with that at the moment. Mm. Like, are they, like, going around pretending that they're still virgins so that they don't get decapitated <laughs> and then they're just avoiding all these women and, like, what? What's going to happen to these praying mantis? So that's my one of the ones I'm working on at the moment. Yeah. Mm. I would love to see that. That'd be like a great little zine, like a little story. Yes. You should definitely do that. I love, like, you can see the way that you're combining, like, I could, you would be such a good teacher because, like, you've got that imagination and, like, let's do the thing, but then you're creative and you can bring them together in that really nice way. You should have heard me in my typography class talking <laughs> about the shoulders of ends and things like that. I was like, it has a shoulder. <laughs> and I was, like, looking over my shoulder at the students. They're like, what is happening? That's amazing. I love that. 
thank you so much for coming into the thank studio today. Where can people reach you? Your website, you've got an Etsy store and an Instagram. I've got a website, I've got an Etsy, I've got an Instagram. She's got it all. <laughs> I don't have a Facebook, guys, but um, yeah, if you just go to www.alexiswinter.com, I'm sure you'll find whatever you need. Beautiful. And yep. I'll also put the link up on the Stealth Skills website, which is Facebook forward slash Stealth Skills with a Z. Alexis, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me.